This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1340, Three Principles to Facilitate Change, by Shalene Johnson of shalenejohnson.com. Hello, everybody. I am Greg Audino, your host and narrator, and welcome back to Optimal Relationships Daily once again. So if you're new here, this is where I read to you from different blogs and books that offer tips on how to improve the many relationships in your life. And I also answer your personal relationship questions in our Q&A episodes each Saturday. So if you do have a question you'd like help with, go ahead and email it to me at advice at oldpodcast.com. But for today, we've got a post from Shirlene Johnson on tap. So let's jump right into her work and continue optimizing your life. Three Principles to Facilitate Change by Shalene Johnson of shalenejohnson.com. Three Principles to Facilitate Change We all know someone who we'd like to change. By change, I mean you'd like to see their behavior or habit change. This could be someone at work, like your boss, or at home, like your spouse or child. Everyone has habits that may annoy you. You may see these habits as destructive or unhealthy or simply frustrating. But no matter the person and their relationship to you, these three principles will get you well on your way to change someone's behavior nicely. Principle number one, it's not personal. From the start, it's important to remember that this habit or behavior that you don't like isn't about you. They don't keep doing it after you ask them to stop because they want to annoy you, don't love you, or find you unimportant. It won't be just because you ask them to stop that they change their behavior either. No matter what their attitude or habit, remember that in their eyes, it serves them a purpose, and that purpose has nothing to do with you. While you can support them and give them love throughout, the actual change has to come from within them. The power of their current behavior is so strong that they haven't found a way to make the change you suggested, and they've learned this behavior early in childhood, which makes it even more difficult to live without. The best thing you can do is to remember that it's not personal. It's not about you. Instead, put all your focus on and listen to them. You have to become a detective here, and through listening to what they talk about and bring up, you'll get clues into why they continue with their behavior and both how and why it works for them. Nine times out of ten, the behavior was learned in childhood, and because of their experiences through life, they've learned to behave a certain way. Here you should listen, ask questions, and pay attention to their answers. It's not personal. The focus should always be on them and you'll get closer to understanding the basis of their action. Once you start to understand this, the rest will become clearer. Principle 2. Giving up control is scary. When you're trying to help someone improve their lives, it's not the change that scares them. It's giving up the control. In order for someone to be able to change, whether it's a little habit or a big one, they have to feel in control throughout the process. You can help them feel in control by working on the timing of when you bring up the change. If you bring up change during a conflict, everyone will be in a defensive mode. Think about when you were in an argument with a friend or spouse and they suggested you do something differently. You were probably defensive and immediately against whatever they said. Instead, bring it up after the argument has cooled off. Try when both parties are calm and relaxed. Then they're more open to anything being said. If someone feels loved, supported, and is in a calm state, they're more likely to discuss making a change with you. When bringing something up, make sure you keep the focus on yourself and your feelings, not the other person. 
One example in a marriage is the early bird and tardy spouse. Instead of yelling during the time that you're running late, wait until a calm, positive time and discuss how it makes you feel. You could say something like, it makes me feel very uncomfortable when we're late. I know you're trying and it means a lot to me when we're on time. It feels like you care about my feelings when you make an effort to be on time. By keeping the focus on you, you explain how you feel and why you'd like to see the change without anyone becoming defensive. Number three, you have to step up first. It's just like that Gandhi quote, you must be the change you want to see in the world. If you want someone to change, you must show an effort to change first. You have to talk about what you want to change in yourself and why. This will set a good example for the other party to become more open about change and will create a foundation for their opportunity to change. So, if you want to see someone change, start by changing yourself. Inspire someone to change by talking about how you want to improve. Discuss the things that you want to do, and talk about it when the timing is right. When someone feels good about themselves. When they feel happy, loved, and supported. You just listened to the post titled, Three Principles to Facilitate Change, by Shaleen Johnson of shaleenjohnson.com. And thanks a lot to Shaleen for this helpful and densely packed post. Really appreciate this one. I think the tips that she shared are very grounded and truthful. But one more thing to keep in mind when considering and aiding in the change of ourselves or others is the fact that we already have a proven track record. We are constantly undergoing changes whether or not we want to and whether or not we realize it. And not only are we constantly going through them, but more importantly, we are constantly adapting to them, which means learning and growing as a result of them. But as these new evolutions of us and our circumstances start to feel more normal and like there hasn't been a lot of shakeup recently, well, we start to get used to life as it is all over again and can sometimes get scared by the next set of oncoming changes. So for me, when considering someone who feels overwhelmed by change, I always come back to that and I, I find it a useful form of support. So I might say something like, do you not trust that you'll be able to adapt to this change as you've adapted to others in the past? What good might come from this change? Uh, do you know others who have undergone a similar change? How is this change similar to other changes you've gone through that ended up working out very well? I think there's a lot of terminology that can empower someone like this, uh, lead to stimulating conversations, and it's really all based in their history of changes, at least some of which ended up being easier and more beneficial than they might have expected. Okay, everyone, and that's going to do it for today and another installment of ORD. I appreciate you being here and listening to the end and sharing this episode with someone if you know someone who you think would like it. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to doing this again with you tomorrow. Your optimal life awaits.